Welcome to the Salty Club Podcast. I am your host, Caitlin Creeper. Join me here for solo casts and conversations with humans who are living deep, brave, impactful, soulful, creative, adventurous lives. It's my hope these conversations will give you inspiration, practical advice, and help you start following your own clues to building a life that really reflects your passions, desires, and purpose. Hey guys, just a heads up that this interview took place with me in Guatemala and Samantha in Morocco. We're both on not super reliable internet connections, so if you do hear some feedback or some gaps or uh, some bad quality, please just know we did our best and I tried my best to clean it up for you and I hope you can bear with us and enjoy the interview. Samantha Hunt was born in Zambia and travelled the world with her family from an early age. To date, she has lived in 14 different countries, so when people ask where she calls home, she's not sure how to answer that question. She guesses she is a Cali girl at heart and dreams of one day living in Bali or Hawaii. She has worked as a graphic designer in Los Angeles, toured as a musician playing her fiddle, which she can be seen playing in the film Titanic. She became a photographer eight years ago while living in Ireland and she currently works as a surf and travel lifestyle photographer in a small fishing village called Tagazut in Morocco with her daughter Sienna and their cat Banjo. She is also the author of an ongoing blog, Salty Roses by the Sea, a mother and daughter story of leaving a conventional world behind to find a creative surf lifestyle in a Moroccan fishing village. Samantha, welcome. I am so excited to chat to you today. I'm honored, Caitlin, because uh, you're one of my heroes. <laughs> you're one of mine. So in your first blog, you say when you became a mother, from the very beginning, you were not excited about a conventional life as a parent. Rather, you always pictured a bohemian style existence. Can you talk to me a bit about that? Um, I guess when I got uh, pregnant, um, I was... I was living out of my photography studio and I was very just focused on working for magazines and being creative. And so I wasn't one of those girls that grew up thinking, oh, I'm going to have family and um, it's going to be like this and, and my kid's going to have this. And I just wasn't thinking about that. I think I was more attracted to those adventure stories where the family goes off to, I don't know, some jungle or something. Mm. I, I didn't really think about motherhood too much because I thought it was so far away with something I would do in the future, you know? Mm-hmm. And then for some of us, <laughs> the future is now. So, so no, I didn't, I didn't picture, I wasn't dreaming of like, oh, on the such and such birthday, I'm going to have a cake and it's going to be like this. And I don't know. I just, I don't know. I didn't think too much about it, I guess. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I can definitely relate to a lot of that. For those who are listening, uh, yeah, what Samantha's talking about is I'm currently 39 weeks pregnant. So yeah. <laughs> and when we started working together, I wasn't. So it's definitely been interesting uh, how our relationships developed and, and talking about motherhood and creativity. And now I'm kind of 
on that track with you, but in a, in a different time, which is really interesting. Yeah. So in your blog, you write, the night I got pregnant in Ireland, unaware I had become pregnant, I had a vivid, long, detailed dream. When I woke, it was as clear as if I had lived it. It was so oddly compelling that I wrote it down. What was this dream? Um, do you ever have dreams where it just feels so real and you remember all the details and it's like, it was like a movie or a whole series and you just remember everything in it and it has this feeling of something really important and you can just remember the emotions and for me it's like colors and textures and I'm like, I know that meant something, you know, like they don't mm -hmm. happen very often. I haven't had a dream like that in a long, long time, but um, for some reason I had this weird dream and it was, uh, I was in a, basically I was in a city of like red brick uh, buildings and it was very closed and uh, cement streets and I was wandering around. I didn't feel great. And then I saw a little, opening up and then a clearing that went down to the sea. And I remember just feeling oh, like, okay, I mean, who couldn't like want to head for the sea from a city? Like I was excited. So I started to run down this path and I saw this massive ship. I don't know the ship part. I can't figure out. Sorry. <laughs> uh, it's like a Spanish kind of old ship, but then modern at the same time. And it was, just as I got to the shore, it, it just kind of went off. And I was so disappointed because I don't know, it's so cliche, like you missed your boat, but I felt like that. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know, it was strange. And then I don't know if I went back into the city, but then there was this like time lapse of this, like uh, it was like a vintage camera, black. everything was black and white. And it was like this couple and this little girl, but, uh, and they were spinning the child around and, and it just kind of grew up like bigger and it was all just kind of pretty and vintagey and just weird, but it definitely had to do with family and it didn't make any sense to me, but there was this feeling. So I, I, I can't explain the feeling that when I woke up, uh, I, I wrote it down. And when I did find out I was pregnant, I went back to the journal and I, and I reread it. And for some reason it just made sense at that point because I, I realized that was when I was pregnant and the dreams during that period were very vivid mm. and they just had a, a weird, like, I don't know, like a heaviness or like a, just this like taste and smell. I don't know. It was like, it was like being, having a different sense. It was like, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not one of those people that um, follows what dreams mean and, and studies dreams, but anyway. Mm. No, that makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, I think my pregnancy dreams, especially in the early weeks, were some of the most vivid I've ever had in my life. Like you wake up and you feel exhausted because you feel like you've traveled to all these places and you feel yeah. like they mean something, you know? Yeah, yeah. It was like I traveled to, to different places or something. <laughs> uh -huh. When I saw uh -huh. that you had the same experience, I never, like, we never talked about it, but I really was curious because I had never heard anybody else say that they had strong dreams like that during their pregnancy. And then I just wondered if, if other, if other women had experienced similar things like that. 
Yeah, well, since I posted about it, I did have a few people come back and say, I thought this was just me. So it's interesting. It's something it's something that I think many pregnant women go through and you don't talk about it because you feel a little weird because you feel strange because the dreams are so intense and, and you mentioned a heaviness and, and it can you can wake up and feel really strange. So I can understand why people don't talk about it, but it's definitely great hearing hearing stories like yours and then from other women. So it's really interesting. I wonder why that happens. Yeah, I suppose it's all those crazy hormones about to kick in. But that too. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's something a little bit deeper, but I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go into that. I, I, don't, I don't really know, but yeah, there's something mm. there. Yeah, definitely. So can you talk a bit about what your life was like in the years before moving to Rocco, um, Morocco? And how Morocco. did you kind of stay focused on the dream when everything seemed very far away and out of reach? Um, what was and and I should I should go back and say what was the dream that you were picturing? What made you attracted to Morocco and what made you start to build that plan to move there? I had uh, spent a number of years in California and my mom's from California and so even though I was actually born in Africa and lived my childhood over here, I spent quite a bit of time in California and um, after a couple decades or Oh, not quite that much, but 15 years or so, I wanted to venture on to other places. Um, and I kept traveling for a couple of decades. But I was starting to have dreams again of looking for <laughs> along the beach. And I would wake up and go, gosh, I really miss the sea. And I miss that sort of California life beach lifestyle quality which probably can find in many places like australia and and different places but um i had lived in big cities and i i, I had a sounds so corny but i had a dream i was surfing and i don't <laughs> surf so i had um i had recently during that period been um speaking to an old friend who was a surfer and talking about surfing things i have no idea why i think i just missed california and i was i was longing to to find a lifestyle that was sun sand and water-based uh, so i um, was i was not happy let's put it that way and so i started to to crave that but at that point i was nowhere near that place i was actually living in Brussels, which is the opposite of any of those things. And I realized I was very unhappy and I had started to follow on Instagram. I was very late coming on Instagram, some different platforms and different people there who had this life that I was, uh, had left many decades before. And so I think Salty Souls was part of one of the um, sort of online communities there was another couple ones, the Amigas or something. Um, and so I started to build my dream on what I knew of California and also what I was seeing people that were living that, like, like yourself and Erica and <laughs> other writers and photographers and people that were um, involved in um, environmentalism, uh, photographing sharks, uh, surfing, there was just this rich world that was not part of my reality, which I was drawn to. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. 
definitely. So I, yeah, I made, I made the vision in my head and, but it seemed ridiculous. I didn't know how to get from point A to point B because I, I was not in, I didn't know anybody in any of these places. And it was a friend of mine who said, Samantha, you have to get up each day and have the, meditate on that feeling of what your life would be like if you could get up in the morning and go for a walk and go for a swim and that you were going to go surfing that day. And you know, your, your, your space looked like this. And how did you feel? And I was like, yeah, but her name was Rachel. I don't have that. I'm like in this gray apartment uh, with this gray landscape. There's no sunshine. I, and I couldn't, I couldn't understand what she was saying, but then I kept meditating in the morning to this feeling. And then one day I got it. I got what she was saying which was to, to hold that feeling in your heart and then to start, it would just come out of you throughout the day and you would attract, you would attract uh, what you were seeking in a way. <laughs> I don't know if that's... Mm. I think that's really important. And I think you're one of the first people I really learned that from through learning your story, because I think I'm a person, if I don't have something, I kind of almost don't want to think about it. And then it actually creates this, this resentment around the fact I don't have it. Yeah. Whereas for you, you were going straight into that feeling of this is what I'm going to have. And, and if I'm going to have this, I need to embody what it's going to feel like before I even get there. That was such a mindfulness um, teaching my friend was teaching mindfulness, which was all new to me because I had just started doing yoga, but I, I didn't really have a circle of friends or, or a big um, environment based on sort of those teachings. And I really did not get what she was talking about because I was like, it just doesn't make any sense. But it was like a, a big turning point. Like I had an apartment, all oh, I would move on and I would never spend money in decorating in my apartment. I would be like, well, this isn't home. I'm not going to stay here. So why invest in it? And I was in that apartment too long. And, but, and I, and I, I wouldn't be able to get, I wouldn't get to leave real soon, but I had, I had visited Morocco on a, a, a brief trip and I decided to print some pictures of the beginning surfboards and see and palm trees and I just put them all up really big pictures all over my apartment and I went and bought you know a little bit of natural product furniture just a few things and maybe one little rug and I just pretended that was my beach apartment in the middle of Naples. and that was really the beginning because uh, also I had to do the legwork I had to you know I had to figure out if I was going to be a surf photographer which is at that point what I wanted to start learning to do, um, what kind of camera I would need and, and all those things. But um, I think, uh, yeah, the mindfulness and the, and the faith in believing that what you envision for yourself, um, that you're worthy of getting that, you know? I think I felt guilty about wanting that because it was so unpractical. And what was it gonna do to my my daughter was in school and, you know, it would be disruptive and my family wouldn't approve. So it was, yeah, it was, it was built on faith that, and um, the feeling that you deserve, you deserve to want that and you deserve to chase after it. I don't know if that also makes a little sense. 
Yeah, of course. That's really important. And what is the moment that you said, screw it and decided to pack everything up and go? Was there like a breaking point or a final push or what happened? Um, I was trying unsuccessfully to make uh, a living as a freelancer and I was working for the commission. So I had my website had a lot of corporate photography and maybe weddings and um, things that were more practical for a photographer in that environment to make a living. And my, my, the, the friend who was the mindfulness coach was like, Samantha, I think you need to take all that stuff off your website and only show what you like to do. You know, and I couldn't do that for probably a, a few weeks or a few months. And then I finally did. And it was like really cutting the ties and like dropping off a, a diving board. Like, okay, now you've officially like launched yourself into, you know, I had a few pictures of the sea and those surfboards. And it was, I felt like I was taking a risk and going for it um and i it was the, it was the eve of my birthday and i just i was like i can't i can't go into this next year in staying in this apartment i'm i'm just gonna redesign my whole website to be lifestyle photographer surf with you know only like one shoot and a couple other local shoots at my friend's shop who just happened to have some nice like um, decor that was like a little bit more Moroccan, a little bit more beachy. And so I just kind of put it all together and just uh, fabricated up a, you know, fake it till you make it website and um, posted it on um, a Facebook group. And I got a job offer in Morocco, the same place wow. I had visited. Maybe the owner saw the pictures and, and she probably um, could maybe she was looking on that site, but she could see that they were in Morocco and it was exactly what she needed. She didn't need, she didn't need, you know, a, a person who had been doing surf photography for 10 years. She just needed uh, someone who could sell the mood, take some nice pictures of the lifestyle of, of um, that surfy vibe, which I kind of had and, and it was enough. It was enough. So I accepted the job. Uh, yeah. And that was the turning point. Wow. And how did you deal with the fear and the judgment from naysayers about you leaving, about uh, bringing your daughter to live in Morocco? Uh, I'm sure there was judgment from family and peers. How did you overcome that? I, I stopped hanging out with the naysayers probably through the process when I started to redecorate my apartment. I I was very sensitive to some of the women that were mothers who were um, making a, you know, a whole bunch of money in, in these very conservative, um, uh, safe, uh, normal job situations. And I noticed that what the energy that they were, that they had and, and that when they kind of like didn't get excited when I, when I announced or said something, Oh, so I was thinking to move to the south of France um, at one point because it's the French California, like Hossaker area. And there were so many people in Belgium that were like, oh, you'll never make it in France. You'll never make it in the south of France. And you just like mm. raised eyebrows. And so I, I just cut them all out of my life. <laughs> it sounds really, I just didn't, I was like, I, I need to attract, I need to be around people that inspire me. And even though those people are wonderful, 
they're not what I'm, they're not what I'm after. They're not, I don't, I'm reaching for something else. And I actually had one of those women right before I moved out here, didn't speak to her for the whole year. I was planning to come out here. And she said, you know, she asked like, what happened? You know, we didn't see you anymore. Um, but, but yeah, my energy needed to be only around those people that made me feel good. Like the, my friend that was in mindfulness. So, and for my family, my dad is a pro was a project manager years ago for big social projects all around the world. And he's also British and extremely conservative and practical. And it's all about money. And um, I think I started to slowly withdraw telling him everything because it was, the feedback was negative. And I think he was shocked when he finally understood that I actually was headed off to Morocco with my kid, <laughs> despite all the emails. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I know for a fact that it was like two weeks before and I was like, oh, my flight leaves on. And they, at the end, they had to accept it because at the end of the day, it's my child and I'm a reasonably healthy person. So they, 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 they just had to trust that I would do the best I could and that my daughter would be okay. But everybody was very worried about my daughter. Um, and there was a lot of responsibility um, and, and also worry on my part, but I just had to, to just venture forth. And she was at an age that I thought it was, it was doable. If she was three or four, it would be different if she was a baby. Yeah, that's, 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 that would have been too hard, but she was seven. I think that's yeah. a, a good age for, for a young girl to like also start her first adventure, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah. And I think you made a really good point about, you know, what good is it to do all this mindfulness work and to get yourself in the feeling of uh, where you're headed and your dream and what you're working towards if you are surrounding yourself with people who, and it's not that, like you were saying, I mean, it's not that you hate these people. It's not that you have, but if they are projecting their fear onto you, then that just slows everything down a lot. And I like what you said about um, keeping quiet about, your plans for a bit until a flight is booked or until there's no going back. Cause at that point you're not asking and you're kind of telling like, this is what's happening. And I think that's really important for many people to hear. Yeah. I think if you just own it inside, like, Oh, this is what I'm doing and I approve of it. Um, and I don't need to apologize to anybody else for my decision. You know, um, if you have a child, you do have to make sure that you're obviously going into a safe environment. You have to make sure that you're not couch surfing, though I'm sure there are some parents who have managed to do that. <laughs> Me, I was like, okay, I'm gonna need a place. You know, um, I can't be couch surfing. <laughs> I, I, knew, I knew how much my salary was gonna be, and I knew that I was, because I, I was hired within a, a boutique, surf hotel sort of environment. Um, I had a contract. I think I really recommend people have contracts. The, uh, the woman that hired me knew I was a parent and accepted me when I said I was bringing my child. The first time I went, uh, I had a two week contract with her and then I, I, had to, I was gonna come back for a month and then a month break and then another month. And it was me that said to her, when I come back the second time, I'm bringing my child. 
And right up front, I said, are you okay with that? You know, and then we, mm. and she said, yes. So it was really, um, uh, I'm grateful to her because there are other places it probably wouldn't be appropriate to have a, a child. Uh, like maybe a hostile situation would be a bit challenging. I need my privacy. Um, yeah. I don't have it a hundred percent here, but um, I had, had was given staff housing and my own apartment. I only had to share with, with someone for two weeks, and that was what I needed. And I also uh, was comfortable that the salary for a few months was going to be safe for me to make sure that she was well fed. And and we would wing all the rest of the stuff. The education stuff was a completely new, also something I had to deal with. Mm -hmm. So it was somewhere in between completely winging it and also having some real structures set up in place for at least the first month. So kind of halfway between having everything set, but having enough set to know that you would both be taken care of for like at least the first month or two. Yes, it was enough to, to assure my family that I had a job, I had a contract, <laughs> I was making money um, and Every parent and every individual during a traveling situation is going to have different comfort levels. And it was, it was acceptable for me on some levels and then, and the rest of it was winging it. Um, but, uh, it was, it was enough to, to, to let me just pack my stuff, <laughs> pack mm -hmm. my stuff, get going. I was so excited. I couldn't believe it. I was so excited. I just couldn't believe that it all worked because it, it was just like pictures on my wall. It was just like, it was, yeah, it was just incredible. I, it's, I'm so glad. I'm so glad I did it. I'm so glad I listened to Rachel. I'm so glad I met her. I put all the pieces back and it's like, you know, this led to this, this led to this. And yeah, even during this whole COVID thing, it's like right when it, happened and lockdown started which we've only just come out of uh, about three days ago I was wow nurse looking at the sea going wow if i had waited six months if i had if i had doubted myself six months if i hadn't just cleared off my website and put it out there at that time you know maybe i wouldn't have ended up here and you know so it i felt like everything was meant to happen once it started to fall into place Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I think when you start to pick on, up on energy if that makes you feel good in some area, it kind of trickles down if you just kind of try. It's like uh, Hansel and Gretel when they follow the, the, the piece of the breadcrumbs through the forest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, look at that little. It's like a little path. It's actually quite clear if you just learn to, like, pay attention. <laughs> uh-huh, it's so true. And as soon as you start showing up and, and showing the world what you're about and what you want which was yeah. for you changing your Instagram and then people obviously start coming to you for that. You're like, Oh, there can be this moment of really, but it's true. Yeah. You've been setting up and telling the world, this is who you are and what you want. So of course the world shifts and responds to that because how else would they know if you were taking corporate photos and left that there, people yeah. don't have the time to dig into what do you really want or, or who are you really? That's why you have to take that first step to show. And like you said, it is breadcrumbs. And then bit by bit, you become to be known as the, the lifestyle surf photographer. I think as photographers, we're often, there's kind of like two camps when you start yeah. off 
it's like you you need to focus on one thing and just be really good at it or you know people say yes but like my dad when i moved to brussels he gave me the wrong advice he's like well you should have some wedding stuff in your portfolio you should have this and this and this and it was just it's too much you know even now i need to hone it down i need to hone down my my color palette and my you know my angles and my the flavor of it it's getting better and better but when it's when it's more like when it's more focused and you know exactly who it is that you want to be of course that can change you know as you know you change who you want to be it's a, it's a journey but you kind of have to be specific you have to be specific on what you what you want because then the universe isn't like confused. It's like, well, what do you <laughs> Yeah, I want this. I want to be this. Okay, well, that, that means you have these steps to do every day. And, and this, these are what habits you should have. And this is, what, this is what you should be learning as skills. But if you want to be a million things, it's kind of hard to focus on all those different things. Mm-hmm. So. It's true. And we can kind of cling to a million different things because there is that fear of, of missing out or not being secure or not having an income. So there is a bit of bravery and just focusing on, on one thing or a very small handful of things and just running with that. And that doesn't say you can't change in the future, but to just focus for the time being. And like you said, follow the breadcrumbs from there. I think that's really important advice. Yeah. I I think, yeah, that's the way I see it anyway. Mm -hmm. And so what was, sorry. My daughter just came down, so I knew this would happen. (laughs) No, no. I cracked. Okay, I need I to. I have a broken back. Uh, okay, a uh, broken back. Okay, I need to talk to Caitlin now. Okay. Mm. You want to say hi to Caitlin? Hey, Sienna. Hello. <laughs> How are you? Uh, good. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> Here you go, love. Hello. Uh, yes, mom. Hey, okay, you're welcome. Sorry about that, but that's authentic. Oh my gosh, not at all. No, it's yeah, good. Go it's real. <laughs> okay. So what were some of the logistical challenges of settling into life in Morocco? Uh, education. Um, okay. Finding out information before I arrived was uh, not happening. Um, I couldn't find any other parents except for one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had posted on all these sites and I was looking for some advice, you know, about schools. And, and then someone said to me, you the best thing to do is just go there and 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 work it out when you get there which made me nervous because i wanted to have some sort of plan i didn't know whether i would have like a a childminder how much it would cost i thought i would be able to find a girl who was from the village that um spoke french because they speak french and english to to look after sienna and i can tell you when I started work, I was asking everybody, the surf instructors who were all guys and the, um, the staff at the cafe, I was like, do you know a nice young lady? Because I mean, come on, I can't, okay. I came from Brussels where we have a B-Sit app where babysitting, it's like a babysitting app where, you know, you can have someone come to your door in 20 minutes. So you can like pick from, 30 different lovely babysitters, check out their ratings, uh, you know, find out what languages they speak, what their hobbies are. It's just, I, that world is not Morocco. Mm-hmm. So I, I was not prepared for Morocco. Anybody who's been here and has had to do business 
or, or deal with it. It's because um, I didn't know what people were talking about when, when I got here, but there was one lady that had seen my ad or something on a Facebook group. And I had been, I had 10 days to find Sienna a school situation and transportation. That was a very big thing too. Oh, the taxis, uh, public transportation, the finding the school was an issue. I had made contact with one parent who is a very tough individual. <laughs> She's like battle weary. I don't know. She's just one of those women who was just like, well, as soon as I met her, I was like, all oh, this girl's like tough. You know, I'm not, I'm not like that. Um, she had been out here for uh, quite a few years, like eight, and she ha ha has a partner who's Moroccan, and she had started business out here, but I felt so squeaky clean and na naive, so green, you know, because I was, uh, I probably still am, mm -hmm. I haven't been here that long, but um, she said, if so she was like trying to pick out, pick, you know, find out like where I was coming from, and she's like, well, if you're going to stay in Morocco, you're going to have to be really resourceful. And she said it like in this foreboding, like, yeah, okay, yeah, I can be resourceful. But, but every time I came up with challenges, I was scared. I was running out of time. My contract was starting in, like, I gave my, I only had 10 days before my contract started. Um, and I was, I was really nervous. I had a lot, I had a lot on my plate. And I knew that when I was working, I had to be working, you know, starting at eight in the morning and mm -hmm. full day of work and that my boss was relying on me to not have childcare issues. So, mm -hmm. and also my family was expecting that my child would be in a good French school. So, um, and I came up with challenges. I just focused on her words. You have to be resourceful. And that for me meant, um, putting down the squeamish, like, Oh, I can't, or I, I don't know what to do or like my my tendency would be to be less capable and so um it was the beginning of sort of um kind of growing up and realizing that you had some problems to solve yeah totally i can relate to that living in el salvador where you know i think because we come from places where we're used to being able to do everything online like you said you came from brussels where you could order a babysitter on your phone in 20 minutes flat we pay yeah. all our bills online. Everything is online. And then I remember for me, getting on the bus, speaking in Spanish, going into the city and paying an electricity bill was this huge hurdle for me. And, <laughs> you know, yeah. the simplest things. But it's, it's funny how much these simple things you wouldn't even think of at home become these really big personal development um, yeah. tests, right? Yeah, so many tests. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, it, yes, I think that's an, uh, and positive and interesting way to look back on this journey and, and to take it with me other places, because I really don't know <laughs> where I'm going to next, but, um, but, um, is, is, is the self-development opportunity. Let's call it that, you know, mm. you're going to come across stuff that's hard and you, the best thing to do is not prepare, like. You know, I remember when I first moved to Ireland after moving from New York, 
where I could buy anything I wanted 24 hours. The bank was open. Everything was just easier. The hot water worked all the time, you know, electricity, <laughs> everything just worked. And, you know, you grow up thinking that that's the way it is. And when you venture up into the world and different countries, you, you're going to make yourself unhappy if you compare it. So you have to like, um, just, just see it as this is a problem. I have to solve it and trust your gut. Like sometimes I like, I'll need help with something. Somebody had broken my camera very early on in my contract. And for me to get a ca Canon camera out, a professional Canon camera was at the time, it seemed impossible. It took weeks. But I remember feeling so distraught one day in the, in the cafe, like not knowing, like I needed someone who spoke Arabic to call this one shop and speak to this one guy and um, it wasn't working or something and then I needed someone I just needed help and I remember looking at the window of somebody I kind of vaguely knew a little bit and something said go ask him to look at this you know your computer or whatever and sometimes you have to trust your gut and that when it's the right time to ask someone for help you've got to ask people for help mm, that's but such an important I've point learned yeah and don't give up like you can't like I give up on some things very easily. Like, oh, that's frustrating. I, I can't solve it, but it's, you, can't, you can't give up. You just kind of have to be a little bit more resourceful. Hopefully, I, I, I've, come, I've improved some aspects of my personality from, from the last year. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I am kind of looking for a home. I, I don't think that I, I would settle here. Um, long term but um i'm looking for a home but it's it, i just have to be able to create keep creating like mm -hmm. keep creating and then the environment just has to make that possible and then i will be home mm -hmm. you know like yeah. someplace by the sea where i can take my pictures and learn more about the sea and learn about, more about the ocean and be around the community of people that um, have that same lust for passion for the sea and, and all the different things that, uh, that, that, that is involved with that sort of life by the sea. So, you know, with that place, you have community and, but it is a hard, I don't know, home. Yeah. That's a different topic altogether, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's like, so work of different things never mind <laughs> uh -huh. what does home even mean and you know the the season the lifetime or yeah yeah there's yeah. a whole other yeah i mean i don't want to keep you too long but you touch lightly on the on the lockdown where that happened and you mentioned that a lot of your friends left and that community you spoke of kind of disappeared could you tell us a bit about your morocco lockdown experience Yes. Um, reading back now on, on my blog, which I had um, posted, it was all about sort of creating the vision and, and coming here. And, and it, it is quite a European bubble, or was, okay. It was quite a European bubble. Like, so the surf dream thing was here. Um, at the moment, when lockdown happened, pretty much almost all of the Europeans left maybe some of them stayed for a little bit longer, but they 
they decided to catch embassy flights to go home and the whole industry sh industry shut. So um, the, the environment now of Tagazoo is basically what it was maybe 10 or more years prior, which is the way it was probably for quite a long time. What struck me, um, I didn't stay home for two weeks because I was scared and everybody was scared and they told you know, they were driving cars through the streets saying basically the women and children shouldn't go outside and um, blah, 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 you know. And it's just, um, it's a very masculine, patriarchal um, society, the Muslim. So all during lockdown, I would, I developed a routine of going out really early in the morning to get my ocean fix and go for a walk on the beach, which I felt guilty about in the beginning because it was breaking the rules. But um it kept me afloat as a single parent and I had to be strong for my daughter. So I needed to do self-care. And the police here didn't really start paroling until about nine. So I started getting up very early, but I didn't see any women on the streets. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was fine for a few weeks, but then it got really um, heavy for me. I just missed um, good, someone to say good morning, you know? I just wanted, um, I wanted, I wanted something familiar and inspiring and positive, and I, I, I just felt on another planet. Yeah. <laughs> so my, I, I, Paris, um, and I, I'm so glad I connected to nature and also the the animals here as well, because there's so many. So, but it, yeah, I can't even remember what the question was, but <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's just so different like it's just yeah it's just very different now but the sea is still there the sea is still there and I'm allowed to go to it and there's a couple other people surfing and so yeah um my I did have a friend and she had moved to another village away and on Saturday she said hey do you want to go surfing and I was freaking out on the beach because it was there was only maybe three people there that were non-Moroccan but it's going to be a different life now. I don't know what it's going to be like, but the sea is there and we can surf if there's a swell and I can go diving in the morning and I can, I can, you know, I still have that connection. So for the moment, that, that's what, that's what's holding me here. You know, maybe it will start to revive again in September, October, November, December. Yeah. Yeah. It's just seeing, right? None of us know what tourism is going no. to look like. None of us know what our, no. um, it, no, I mean, you just don't. Sometimes I think, wow, this is scary. Like my dad has stepped in to help me financially with a small base income to survive off, but it's not really enough with all my software and, and different things, but I'm safe and I'm well fed, but he can't continue to do that forever. Like it really has to pick up in September. So, but there's, there's no guarantee. So right now it's kind of a day-to-day day-to-day -day feeling but I feel way lighter this week than I did just post lockdown I felt very emotional because it was a it was a heavy time uh, as a single parent but um it feel I feel I feel like I've come through right I had a lot of bad habits but I also created some good ones and I feel more grounded I also I almost feel like the air is cleared and there's this space and it's like you can rebuild who you want to be. And so it's kind of a new era. <laughs> mm, it's true. Yeah.
there. But yeah, but I'm just lucky. I'm so happy that I can go in the ocean with my surfboard now and just, we'll just see one day at a time. Um, I'm starting to photograph again. And yeah, I'm feeling optimistic at the moment. That's so good. I'm really happy to hear that. And I really like how you are visualizing the fresh air and just how you use that kind of imagery. It's kind of like, okay, we don't know what we're walking into, but it's new and it can be beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, as long as I'm by the sea, I, I feel like it, it can be a beautiful place, you know? So mm -hmm. hopefully we can stay this year and, and continue and then maybe find another place that's cool like mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. i love it i think that's a great place to start winding down i have one final yeah. question which is now you've pivoted your business a bit do you want to talk about the new the new thing that you're doing um i'm i'm so impressed by all the people pivoting and i i i couldn't come up with a way where i could pivot my own business but i live in this beachy ocean sunlight filled place with so much beauty um, nature and the plants and I think what I can offer to people because the thing that inspired me most was these images of this lifestyle and this you know this natural beauty in the ocean and I take pictures that's my that's my um, at my doorstep so what I've come up with as an idea was to offer people photo packages of different themes um, based on sort of this lifestyle uh, that they can use for social media. And my sister also who worked at Amazon was like, you should contact all the companies that, that um, use those things in their products or they need pictures to, to sell their products or, or to sell what their service. So I created photo packages based on um, sort of the ocean and nature that people can contact me for. I hope it flies. It means I can take beautiful pictures of the things that inspire me and, and give it to other people. Um, so we'll see what happens anyway. <laughs> Definitely. And you're also helping people create color schemes for their social media as well, right? Yeah, I started to recreate, like, go back to how I got here, what I was attracted to. And then when I met with my first client, um, the skincare company, they, we honed down, we went through a process where we honed down a color palette and we honed down that what they really wanted to sell a product with, with was a mood and a feeling. And what they liked about my work was that I gave them that feeling. So uh, I can, I can offer people sort of a, overall look for say the next month of Instagram or something like that. And then stories. I love the stories where you can create with like animated stories and just really tasteful when it all comes together, like a brand, I think it's just powerful and it's, it's what inspired me to, to get to where I am. So hopefully I can help be a piece of that puzzle for other people. Mm, definitely. So if, if our listeners are interested in contacting you and talking about that, where's the best place to reach you? Um, samanthahuntphoto at gmail.com samanthahuntphotography.com my website awesome. <laughs> thank you Kate. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for chatting to me this morning it was such a good conversation it was really nice to it's really nice to be able to hear it and capture it in this medium as well um, and lastly could you tell listeners a bit about your blog as well and, and where they can read your stories as well 
yes. Um, it's called Salty Roses by the Sea. And uh, is it okay if I mention my writing coach? Yes, <laughs> if you would like. <laughs> that wasn't okay. a. That wasn't well, a. <laughs> that wasn't steering you in that direction. <laughs> yeah, but I know. But like, uh, I just wanted to, to explain where I came from. I <laughs> I've been following a few writers, and I wanted to write my story. And, and I think a lot of women do want to write their story, and um, so I was researching different coaching. I was going to do business coaching or photography coaching. And I decided to, to do ask Caitlin Creeper for writing coaching. And I didn't know what I wanted to write about, but she, so she gave me these great like journal prompts and, and questions. And we decided to write about, um, which is the truth. It's like, I'm here as a single mom with a kid. <laughs> here I was trying to like, I don't know. It's like one of those moms where, you know, I'm not a single mom. It's I'm, I'm a photographer. Like, you know, it's like the whole family thing wasn't what I wanted it to be. So I wasn't really who, it wasn't what I associated with. But at the end of the day, I am. And I, ha I am a single mom with a kid. And that is my story. And what I've gone through um, and with writing about it from, from that viewpoint, which it's about being out here with my little girl, Santa Rose um is has transformed through the writing so i've come to a more graceful acceptance and um this is my family and this is who i am and now I, i'm all i'm i've reached a new level of maturity where this is my truth and this is what we are and there's no being ashamed of that or whatever so the salty by the sea is basically how we got here and what I experienced. I'm not a really super elo eloquent writer. I'm learning, but it's just the, the story of how we got here. And then I'm continuing it uh, as we go with the help of Caitlin Creep Creeper, who is a fabulous writer and has inspired and helped me to bring my story to life. So I'm so grateful for it because it's a very wonderful creative process and it's so nice to see it kind of come together with someone's guidance and the visuals too mm -hmm. it's just a great project to have i really recommend anybody just if you want to write something there's melissa gilbert she wrote a what's it make more magic or something there read a few stories and just jump in and just start writing and get someone to help you and coach you along and it's fun <laughs> it's fun it's not perfect it's just like the imperfection of it is is fine it's just it's great so yeah you know, that's that's my project the salty club is your online optimized wellness platform for adventurous women for $9.99 a month, you have access to surf-inspired workouts, yoga classes, guided meditations, recipes and nutrition guides, workshops, classes and interviews just like this one. Visit thesalty.club. That's thesalty.club.